It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. On today's show, here's why the price is right for Max Struess and for Karis LeVert. Let's dive in. You are locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. I'm Chris Manning. I cover the cast for places like SB Nation and Cleveland Magazine and the Just Basketball Show. That man is Evan Damerill, the founder of Write the Town. Euclid, this episode, as always, is produced by Jake Steven, and the intro music is from our friends at Astral Radio. Today's show is also brought to you by Price Picks. Use the Price Picks app today. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 100% into deposit up to $100. That is pricepicks.com. The promo code is locked on. All right, segment one today, Max Struess. Is the price right? It's a little above the MLE. The Cavs executed a sign and trade or will officially when it goes through to get that deal done. Segment two, what Struess brings to Cleveland, why they targeted him. And segment three, Karis LeVert. The Cavs brought him back two years, $32 million. We'll talk about that deal and why the price for that one makes sense as well. As a tease for the Tuesday show on July 4th, uh, recording back-to-back. We are going to talk about all the other cast for agency moves in that one, specifically George Nang and some and getting rid of J.D. Osmond, getting rid of Lamar Stevens and bringing in Damian Jones and bringing in uh, Ty Jerome. But Evan, let's start with Struess. Average it, you're in this contract. Break it down for the listeners and the viewers. 15.7 million average over the next four seasons. That'll take them to ages 27 through 31. The sign and trade means that the Cavs are at a hard cap. They have ten million left under that, and they are with all the other signings. The more important number is that they are three point four million or so under the luxury tax, with two roster spots to go, 
Uh, we'll see how they fill those. We'll see kind of how they duck that luxury line because I do not think they are going to pay, and I don't think it makes sense for them to. But Evan, is this price for Struz fifteen point seven million on average, four years, sixty three million overall? Is that a fair price in your mind for Max Struz? So the Cavs, full disclosure, I think it's interesting how this evolved. Um, Bruce Brown, I think signing with the Pacers certainly changed a lot of things because if Let's say Brown went to the Lakers or he just went back to Denver to kind of help the Nuggets repeat as champions. I think Struss would have ended up um, with the with the Pacers, maybe to a more comparable number. But he was, in terms of just like pure shooting or maybe just wing depth, the best unrestricted free agent on the market at the time. Uh, Mark Stein heavily linked Struess to being a Cavalier. I think Jake Fisher did as well. Um, and the ones that was kind of in the ether, I did some fact finding of my own. And it's just... Um, it's interesting. I know people were like antsy, like, okay, when's the trade going to be finalized? I'm like, well, signing trades are complicated. You at least have the contract agreed upon. In principle, you just have to find the salary space to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Cavs just got it. probably one of the guys that are at the top of their free agency board. Um, he's arguably the best shooter, maybe other than um, Niang, just in terms of just like pure attempts and volume. But this this only benefits the Cavs in the long term, in my opinion. I, I think I'm interested to see how he's utilized next season. I think we can talk a lot about just like theory crafting on the rosters and rotations and stuff. But just on paper, I think yeah, you're paying for a premium commodity in basketball. I think this is the price you have to pay. It's not terrible if you look at just the payroll. He is the fifth highest paid Cavalier, I believe, heading into this upcoming season. We'll obviously have a clearer idea, maybe financially, once Evan Mobley signs his, his extension, maybe uh, Isaac Okoro signs a long-term deal as well, too. But for now, if he's your fifth, sixth highest-paid player and he provides you something that you desperately need as a team, yeah, that's the price you have to pay, especially when the market is super thin. So the answer just is yeah. You're saying yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. I just gave my reasoning behind it, too. Okay, I just wanted like a firm answer so we like had that on the record because I also think it's yes. That was the continue of the question. This is this is just what role players cost. Mm-hmm. This is what they cost. People, I you look at extensions that are going on right now for other players. You look at what deals are going to be signed. The cap and what salaries are right now is going up. The price of the brick is going up and up and up. That's just where we are right now. A role mm-hmm. player like Max Struess is going to cost this. Now that's just the reality of it. He was getting linked to deals, as you, as you said, with Indiana, most notably and most publicly, above the MLE. Cleveland kind of had to pay this to get him. And I think this is, this is just what you need. You kind of had to do something like this. I, I, I understand if there's sticker shock. I understand if you look at this and say, this is a guy who is like just like a competent wing rotation player. Like He's not a superstar. He's never going to be an all-star or anything like no. that. And he's making almost $16 million a year for the next four years, I get that there's sticker shock there. This is what good role players cost now. And if you're a team like Cleveland, who has incentive to be competitive, who wants to be good, you got to pay this price to get the players you want. Also, this contract becomes a bit of a moot point once the uh, new TV deal is established and everything too, and maybe the salary cap uh, escalates quite a bit. We, we don't know what's going to happen over the, the coming years, but... As you said, this is the price you have to pay for a role player, especially a role player that is commanding more than the MLE and is the most attractive option after Bruce Brown went to the Pacers pretty quickly, um, the most attractive option available on the market. And if the Cavs want to make a legitimate push to uh, build around what they've established, they kind of have to pay the price. And I think 
that's the tough part with these rebuilds is maybe there's players like you either grow attached to or you think like yeah they have like a, a niche or a role within this team you sometimes have to sacrifice that in order to make like a tangible upgrade and in my eyes Max Truss can be your starting small forward going forward if you're Cleveland and like he benefits really well and flows really well at least in my eyes uh within the starting five of Mitchell Garland Mobley and Allen right now and you just have to pay that price and in the grand scheme of things, yeah, maybe it's a lot of sticker shock just because of the amount of money and dollars he's being paid. But when you look at it, you're giving up Jetty Osmond, who maybe wasn't part of your long-term future, and then Lamar Stevens, who was making not much money, like, and a guy who wasn't like consistently in your rotation. Neither was Osmond. Like that, that's not a bad price you have to pay for Cleveland, just in terms of like the transactional value. Yeah, and look, I I think if you consider the need you consider where the market's at like that dictates this you could say in a vacuum i want to pay max Drews 10 million dollars and so and so and that's going to be our cap that's just not the reality of of what this looks like this is a this is a market where there's negotiation where there's bidding where there is activity and and frankly evan compared to some other deals out there if i'm cleveland and you you know yes you do hard cap yourself for the year and and whatnot whatever I think they're they're going to be under that line regardless because of luxury tax. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to say I would rather pay Max Struess this contract or let's say Dylan Brooks for twenty million a year for the next four years, or some of the other deals we've seen, I like the Jeremy Grant deal to me is like a, a very very high number, especially because Dame's <laughs> that, that, that out was of there. that that was dirty work by Damian Lillard. <laughs> oh uh, good goodness. for good for Jeremy Grant to secure that back. Yeah. But like, if you're telling me like I am going to pay Max Drews this number for what he is versus some of the other deals we've seen, I'm super good with that. This is just like a good player at the cost he costs. This is like, it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not like, oh man, you got Donovan Mitchell. It's not splashy. But this is like a really good player. It's just a good NBA player that you need. Yeah. And to your point, um, and to Kobe Alden's point, like, he really hammered home at his exit interview that the Cavs need to add shooting to their rotation and their depth chart. And like you said, and I think it's been pretty clear in the ether that the Cavs like weren't going superstar hunting in this uh, free agency class or even through the trade market because they're asset limited. But like the Cavs worked pretty well within their margins. Yeah, being hard cap sucks. Um, I'm going to ask you to explain to the folks what being hard cap well, means I, because I, it's, I, I it's, it's a hard concept. Kind Let of me, like no, it, well, fit uh, it's 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 very. This is very simple. They okay. have about ten million. They have, so it's hard cap means there is a absolute maximum amount of money you can spend. It's like one hundred and seventy million dollars or something like that. What for Cleveland that it doesn't super matter because their real number that we're looking at is they have three point four million dollars left under the luxury tax line, and it would get up to like five or so if they were to say Sayonara to, to Sam Merrill and clear that roster spot out. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. Whatever. We'll see how he looks in Summer League. The, the, number, the, the hard cap thing would matter more if you were like Phoenix or the Clippers or the Lakers, who are these yeah. big teams with massive, massive wage bills and, and superstars on the not fun maxes. And like, on the, like you, if you're paying Bradley Beal's contract or something, it's less of a deal for Cleveland because they're not going to get up to that number anyway. I think they're willing to do this because they were never going to get up to that hard cap line anyway the real line is like six and a half million dollars below that hard cap line mm-hmm. i mean the numbers game behind this is going to be fascinating as you had noted at the top uh heading into monday the Cavs are about 3.4 ish million under the luxury tax threshold so like that's a pretty thin margin to work with i would assume cleveland's done considering they only have two roster spots left just to sign players and 
we'll see how they navigate it with the rest of the summer but the Cavs were pretty proactive to start free agency and getting one of the best wing players and arguably the guy that at least makes the most sense fit wise on paper was a really smart move on their part all right after this we're going to explain why Max Struess is a really good fit with Cleveland and spoiler alert uh, he takes a lot of threes, and I'll exp- there's a there's a pretty pretty clear thing that they are targeting in this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, where first time users can receive a, up to a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on to play. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you win. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It is just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes the NBA, the NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, WNBA, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Thanks for making Locked on Cavs your first listen every day. Every day is Evan and I will be back tomorrow. We are going to talk about George Nang. We're going to talk about his fit. And we're going to talk about other Cavs free and team moves. A lot of business done by Kobe Altman and co. on this first weekend of free agency in July. All right, so Evan, I'm going to give you some numbers about Max Struess that I think pretty much indicate what Cleveland wanted in him. He's Talk going to be somewhere to be, between, I look, I, I'm a clean in the glass, just lover. <laughs> uh, he's going to be somewhere between 35 and 30% on threes at high, high volume. Each year, according to the clean of the glass, he has been near the top of his position in three-point rate. George Nang, also the same thing, so come back tomorrow for, for some very similar thing. They, they clearly had a thing they wanted, and they went out and got it. Dude, I'm so excited to talk about the minivan. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so where's, where is Drew's going to come in and do? He's going to come in. He's going to take a bunch of threes. He's going to take moving threes, something that Cleveland just didn't have a lot of last year, frankly. And mm-hmm. he's going to give them the dimension to the offense that wasn't there. And Evan, this is, this is the best part of this to me. A high-volume three-point shooter is something that helped Mitchell Cook in Utah 
It's going to help him now. It's going to help Darius Garland now. It's going to help Evan Mobley too. I wonder if they maybe copy some of what worked under Quinn Snyder when Donovan Mitchell was with the Jazz because you hit the nail on the head. This is a lineup like I hammered a lot when Dean Wade wasn't so gun shy and he kind of functioned as like that weirdly, oddly fit uh, three-point shooting big within the lineup of like Mitchell, Levert, Wade, uh, maybe a Coro, and then like one of Allen or Mobley. But like you look at Struss and you said like he is going to add quite a bit of three-point shooting on top of a team that added a lot of three-point shooting naturally just by adding Donovan Mitchell. Like I was diving into Struss's numbers once it kind of became clear like there was some a lot of fire behind the smoke for him and he was top 30 in the league last year in three-point attempts. Like that's noteworthy. Um, we again we'll talk about Niang tomorrow, but. Uh, Struss is going to be kind of that safety valve the Cavs needed. Like when you watch how they played against the Knicks uh, in the playoffs this year, like if Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland or one of the two is kind of getting flustered and maybe like the other one can't get it going, like you have Struss who can benefit from the gravity and defensive attention those two command to stretch open the floor and, as you know, to give Evan Mobley more space to work with on the interior and also Jared Allen as well, who's not a shooter, give more work to, space to work in the interior too. And him being that safety valve to kind of just keep defenses honest is going to be refreshing because it, it became crystallized, especially just, and this is no disrespect because he's still on the team and I'm a believer in him to an extent after coming back to the table about it. Like Isaac Okoro is just not going to get the respect of opposing defenses. Max Struss, if you leave him wide open, like he's going to make you pay for it. Sure. There's some athletic limitations. There's reasons why he went undrafted out at DePaul. Um, and in Cleveland is maybe sacrificing defense for offense in this one, but they play such an antiquated style of ball with two bigs, and they focus so primarily on defense. They need to make their life easier on offense, and Max Struss is a guy who will make their life easier on offense across the board. One of the one of the things I would expect too is just DHOs for Struss with with Evan Mobley with Jared Allen. Um, some you could see him instead of being the screener for Mitchell or for Garland to kind of do a pick and pop. There's just a lot of little things you can now do in the offense with a guy like this. And a guy, I think a guy like Niang to some degree as well, right? I, I, this, there, Evan, we'll talk about this kind of in the Jetty Osmond thing tomorrow. But one of the things that I, I have, I just kind of thought about this is Jet, like, this is not, this is not like a, a just a, oh, you got like a, the, the name brand Jetty Osmond. You got like a player who has like a, who has like a complete offensive profile as a shooter. Well, and look, is he, just he's more consistent. I think that's the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah, he's a, he's more consistent. He's less volatile. He, I think he's a better defender. That that's the other part of this we shit on too. I, he is not by metrics, by eye test, or anything like that, going to come in and be like an elite three defender. If you were going to like build the perfect three in a lab, I don't know if he would be that exactly. So if you want to say like that's a risk, and that you're getting someone coming from Miami, that that's a risk. I'm willing to say that. I understand that. I think those are like fair concerns if you're going to nitpick at this. What I would say is that, A, he's going to compete on defense. He's going to battle. He's going to, he's shown that he's willing, he's not going to just get run over on the side. Like, that's just not going to happen with him. And we're in a salary cap league. Mm-hmm. Every player you get at this price range in the free agency market at this point and how the NBA works, you're going to have limits on these guys. And I think what they've decided, what they've kind of chosen to do here is say, okay, we have the defensive infrastructure. Evan Mobley is an alien. He's going to help build a solid, great defense for us just by being on the floor. Jared Allen as well. Struss is competent. He's competitive. We really need his shooting. That is like a trade-off for him not being a plus-plus defender we're going to make because the shooting is going to give us so much value. 
And I know people will maybe nitpick on the fact that, like, we we just both said Stross is more con- consistent than Jetty Osmond because you can look at the five-game slide he had in the NBA Finals where, like, he went 0 of 9 in Game 1, 4 of 10 in Game 2, 1 of 4, 0 of 3, 1 of 6. Like, yeah, there's there's highs and lows of the Max Stross, but again, that Heat team was a team that was just so starving for three-point shooting because they didn't have Tyler Harrow. Like, it was, like, Stross, Kevin Love, and then, like, Jimmy Butler if he was able to get one after Butler had to do everything else on offense. Um, I think for Struss, like having the luxury of being like that fifth banana uh, in the starting lineup if he starts, or if he comes off the bench and is utilized as just like uh, more of the glue guy. Um, I think your, your, your note of like Donovan Mitchell thriving with like just having that uh, free firing three point shooter, like is, is a really smart one. Um, like there's a lot of creative ways JB Bickerstaff can uh, utilize Struss in lineups. Like I really want to see a lineup of like Lavert, Struss, Niang, one of Mitchell or Garland, and one of Mobley or Allen because like there's a lot of spacing in that lineup. There's a lot of versatility. You can empower Karis Lavert as like the lead guard sometimes, and Struss can just be the benefactor of it because there's going to be a lot of driving to the basket and kickouts because you're going to have just too many offensive threats on the floor. And if you kind of build that rhythm and rotations, it works out nicely for Cleveland. Uh, yes or no, he, he is your favorite right now to be the starting three uh, on opening night come, come October. Based on just what I know uh, on Isaac Okoro and Max Truss right now, I would say yes, just from the spacing aspect alone. What about you? Yeah, I, I think he's the favorite. I think he makes the most sense. I think I, he, I had a Okoro, I had a Levert, I had a Niang, who played a lot of four mostly for, for Philly last year. I think he is coming in to be the starting three, I think, in all honesty. Um, played a lot of that with Miami. I think certainly maybe fits the physical mold of being more of a two, and we'll see kind of how that looks. But I think he's going to play the three, and I th- and I think there's a very good chance that he starts. All right, after this, let's talk about Karis LeVert, who got a new deal and is going to stay in Cleveland. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Karis LeVert, uh, Evan, he got two years, $32 million. We'll pay him Mm -hmm. an estimated 15.3 in year one what do you mm-hmm. think of this deal for karis lavert well it's lower than what we thought it would have been when we kind of gave our uh when, when we hit a put a pin in the conversation when i exited stage left for um last week um we talked about maybe like 18.5 million it's a lot less uh it's a good deal for cleveland i think it's a good deal just overall that they kind of got that done i'm curious to think like what if they waited just because they could go over the cat for him but whatever um Either way, like, I, I like the deal. I think Levert, again, was becoming much more malleable as a player, especially when 
he was utilized as like that lead guard off the bench and you play him in tandem with one of Garland or Mitchell. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, some of the other signings just because like, sure, it, it makes sense um, just how Levert could be utilized as a player. He really adapted to the fact that the Cavs need a three-point shooting um, and maybe he doesn't have to do that as much heading into next season, but it's certainly helpful that he has that comfort level. But he played really well for Cleveland, especially down the stretch. And you and I had the conversation several times during the season. And when the season ended, like, yeah, the Cavs need to kind of make a priority to just sign Karis LeVert to some type of extension. Um, I'm surprised it's this short of one. But, hey, rock on, man. Like, uh, this is a really well-designed deal for LeVert, I guess, and more so for the Cavs because it gives them a lot more financial flexibility going forward, too. I don't think that I, I the where I would disagree. The only thing I'd really disagree in is I think two years for him is like not a terrible thing for him. Like, yeah, you would have probably liked maybe four years and like this max yeah, thing but for where. Yeah. Like ideally, if you're a player, you want to get top dollar as long as possible. But like, yeah, I agree with the extent that like it's a two year deal. We don't know like the exact terminology. Maybe it's a player option or something like that. Like if he I, is, we 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 would have heard by. I think this is just yeah. straight two years. We would have heard okay. by now if there was an option or so something like that. So he can use, like he's still relatively young. He's would be entering his thirties by the time this contract expired. Or he, so yeah, he turns late twenties. He'd be twenty nine thirty at that point. Well, so he, he turns like, twenty nine. He turns turns twenty nine in August. So okay. age twenty nine season, age thirty season would be thirty one on at the start of. Of his next contract, I like that is theoretically if he plays well the next two years, yeah, that's, that's enough time to go get one more kind of decent paycheck before like it's minimums or you're out of the league. That's what I was getting at. Is like you could maximize your earnings because you got a pretty good deal, and um, you could go maximize your earnings one more time to maybe just get like one more not fat payday, but like at least enough money to like you're you're satisfied at the end of your career that you made good money across the board. Also, the cap is going to go up. That is going to put yep. some of the deals signed this summer, like make them seem lower. Like, and if he, he made his agent, or like, okay, two years, maybe we could get something a little bit more. You run the risk on your risk for that. I get it. I, so I think for him, it makes sense. I, I think obviously, you know, they were, he was never going to get the, the four year, like hundred, whatever max extension from Cleveland that he could have gotten. Not a max, but like the maximum for his salary slot. That was never going to happen. I also think for Cleveland, this is not like the funnest thing to say and like project out. I, I think for as on a human level, as considering he just signed this deal, but this is a tradable contract. This is a tr- a contract that it's useful for stacking. It's used for salary matching. Uh, in the new CBA, the you have to match closer than you did in the old CBA, kind of to, to get not kind of, but you have to get the numbers closer than they were under the old one. So like a salary like this, where like you can you can use that to trade for someone else. It's mm-hmm. useful to have just as a chip on the board, and it's not. And, and if you're another, if you're the Cavs calling another team, you're not like asking another team to say take three years of Karis Silver. You're saying it's like a year and a half of Karis Silver, or if it's they trade him at the the not this trade deadline, but in 2024, 2025, that trade deadline, they could be like, hey, this is an expiring contract. It is just like less money. It is both useful for matching in trades, but also I think not a deal that is going to like really freak teams out about how long they might be paying Karis Levert. No. Um, and we talk about just like the idea of Karis Levert. There's always going to be intrigue about him because he has the size of like a modern prototypical three-point shooting wing. The defense maybe isn't fully there. Uh, I, I just don't think it is. Um, 
but you can always sell yourself on the idea of it. Like, I don't think a team's going to give up an expiring and a first-round pick to Cleveland if they want to, like, trade Karasavir as the Cavs did to the Pacers, but there is value within the fact that, like, Levert put together a pretty solid closing to his resume to the end of his season, and he was paid well for it. I think the Cavs maybe the structure of the contract too is sure on the Levert side of things like the the, the seat the cap is going to go up you could get paid more but also like there are legitimate concerns with Karis Levert too like there's health issues um maybe he does regress back to the mean and maybe like that sudden burst he had for the second half of the year like isn't sustainable like this gives the Cavs a little bit of a backdoor option where if this doesn't work as well you can get it maybe a little bit more creative because it's an easier contract to sell to a team not even when it's expiring or like Leading up to the deadline for some reason, too. The other thing that I, the last thing I think about this, uh, number one, I, well, he's I think he's going to come off the bench. I think he's going to be a super sub at this role. And with this Drew uh-huh. signing, I think that's where this is headed for his role. I think that makes sense for him and for the team. The other small thing that matters, and this is very minutia, and it, but it matters for Cav, the Cavs roster building. So good on them for this. Him at 15.3 versus, let's say, like the 18 million, Matt, like kind of the high number we heard for him. Let's say he would have got like 17.3 instead of 15.3. That 15.3 versus a higher number gives them a little bit more room to work on the luxury tax line. If they're at 3.4 million under the luxury tax line, with which Cruz Fedor and others have reported, the Cavs will not go over. And I don't think it makes sense for them to go over at this point in time. Like you trigger repeater taxes and all that stuff. You have to be very, I think, particular about when you dive into that. I don't think this is the exact right moment to do so you're gonna it's unavoidable at a certain point but I, I think this season it's maybe pushing you a little bit further to some degree if he had taken to hit made two more million dollars a year and that cut in their luxury tax line their ability to actually fill out the rest of this roster would have been really difficult so like just getting that salary figure for him and giving yourself a little bit more wiggle room that's a win that's good work by Gansey and Altman and you know John Nichols or cap guy and, and all the people mm-hmm. working on this yeah, it was well structured. Um, I I agree with you. Like you empower Levert to be that super six man for you. Um, makes you wonder like what is Ricky Rubio's future this team, especially with Struss Nyang. I think Ty Jerome does have some viability to like be in the rotation heading into this season for Cleveland. Like the Cavs made a priority to get shooting, and for a guy like Karis Levert who isn't a shooter by trade. I mean, last season notwithstanding, like. This will make his job easier on offense, too, and kind of empower him a little bit to be that super six man for you because the Cavs have a lot of role players that can add that versatility. And it's not just Levert. Like, they're not obviously building around Levert. It's more so the the core four, quote-unquote. But it does give you a lot more creativity and fluidity. And Levert's just – he's fascinating as a player after last season. And I think the way this is structured is like, okay, we believe in you. Let's see if we can keep this going. And also like he can sign another, another extension after uh, this upcoming season, if I'm correct. And like, just keep like kicking, not kicking this can down the road, but like just extend this deal out further. So the Cavs can say, okay, yeah, this is sustainable. This is a dude we want to have like around long-term or they can pull the plug on it and use him as an expiring because there's going to be a team who wants to bite on Karis LeVert. If he's as healthy as he was last year mm-hmm. and shoots as well as he did last year, this will feel like a very good deal. And those those are not certainties, but I think if those hold, that this will feel like a, a solid enough deal for Karis Ferdinand. All right, that's going to be it for today's Lockdown Cavs. Back at you tomorrow with talking about George Nang, the other the, who the Cavs got with part of the mid-level exception. 
talk about Ty Jerome, talk about the Damian Jones trade, and we'll talk about what they are losing and sending out Jetty Osmond and Lamar Stevens. Until then, I'm Chris. That's Evan. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for production. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.